To the average person, the term creativity may tend to be mostly associated with the artist, whether it be painting, drawing, or acting. This perspective can tend to limit those who don't identify as a creative type, shutting down the thought that they could ever be creative or consider just how important the act of creativity is when we are talking about the energetic wellness of the individual. Have no worry, because Alexander is here to share with us the various ways we can all be creative on a daily basis to keep the energy flowing and the juices juicing. And of course, continue listening for our final segment of Three Minutes of Stillness at the end of the episode. Thank you all for sharing your energy with us. Let's journey. Wise with Aaron and Alexander uncovering our authentic self through self-awareness conscious communication and emotional responsibility creativity Alexander this is this is a word that is very dear to me because I've felt like since my creation <laughs> uh, I've I've always had this type of energy in my life and it's, it's always manifested into, uh, for example, um, coming up with a, a style of wiffle ball that my friend and I uh, in our youth, um, created and had our, like our own little league Mm -hmm. called wiffle brawl. So Mm -hmm. we'd, uh, you know, fight over the bases, but but whether it manifested there or or manifested into what I do now, which is uh, be creative using the the computer for um, designing and things like that. Like I've never been the creative type to draw. Like I can't draw. Right. But I've always considered myself creative, and I think most of that comes down to the way I think. Like always being creative with my thoughts. Sure. Now recently, you've been talking about how you can be creative with your words. And I've, I've really thought about that and thought that that's another area where I've been creative, always writing poetry, especially when, when I'm on the emotional side, kind of using that as a release. But I've looked around uh, with this new perspective at other people, and it seems like society views creativity as only something that has to do with art like art specific stuff like painting or drawing or things like that and not music yeah. and not something that everybody can do it's almost like a skill type of thing yes and so i wanted to first talk about what is your definition of creativity on the energetic spectrum yeah this is a wonderful place to start and this is one of my favorite subjects um creativity as i feel to that it needs to be redefined Um, like so many words in our English language, can mean so many different things. But as you were saying, most people take it to an extreme. And in my private uh, clients, I hear people all the time that will say that I will ask them a question, what do you do creatively? And I hear so many people say the words, oh, I'm not creative. 
And that almost pains me when I hear that because I do feel that everyone has the opportunity to be creative, but it's this um, skewed view of what that means. And most people do go to an extreme of looking at a musician or an artist that paints or even a poet that writes poetry and uses words in that way. But I would like to suggest everybody to look at the word creativity to potentially mean anything that is non-repetitious or anything that you do outside of being an automaton or um, a pattern that you have. So the act of uh, something as simple as you know, trying to eat your uh, next meal with your off hand to see how much more you get out of the meal or to potentially the next time you're driving to work or home or to a location that you drive to frequently to just take a different route and take the time to not be on your phone, to not be distracted, but actually absorb the environment that's around. That's all being creative. You know, we don't have to tell a child to be creative very often. They just do it. Uh, Many of them just do it spontaneously. They don't walk from the house to the car the same uh, normally. Sometimes they run, sometimes they skip. And I enjoy sharing with with so-called grown-ups that you have the right to skip when you're going to your car. You have the right to twirl around. There's simple acts or actions that we can do that brings in creativity, that actually brings in uh, inspiration to others. You may even get a chuckle out of somebody and somebody may say, what are you doing uh, spinning around just walking to your car? And if you say, if you just respond with a smile and say, I just had a spontaneous moment to be creative and that was the first thing that came to me to do, to stop and take a moment to consider how that could affect that other person's life moving forward in just that day. And so we talk about ripples um, a lot in this podcast, energetic ripples that go out. And this is one way to, uh, to change the ripple and to create a, a spontaneous ripple that may just keep going out further and further and further. So, you know, this, this stigma around creativity that, yes, it's like a, a trade or, or something that you've practiced or some people think that like a musician or artist was just born with that gift and some it seems to be that but that happens to not be my path I you know I I was raised in a family that didn't exercise a lot of creativity and taught um, safety security planning for the future and that type of thing so I really didn't step deeply into my creativity until my late teens and early 20s when I started playing music and it's really uh, blossomed and became the most important thing in my life. So so anybody out there that doesn't feel like you've taken the time to um, to truly be creative, uh, please do so because many of you have in your personal designs this pull, uh, such as Aaron here and myself, we both carry uh, creative cards in our in our makeup. And we can help anybody to understand what your makeup is. Uh, just please feel free to contact us. And we go through the human design and a numerology system uh, that uses uh, playing cards uh, to describe these different facets of ourselves. And I really enjoy shining the flashlight uh, for people on themselves to help them see hidden characteristics that uh, they may or may not be aware of. 
But uh, once again, creativity is anything that is non-repetitious, anything that is, is different for you to experience. And so where I like to suggest people to start, as you brought up earlier, is with their words. And so once again, we're not uh, Pollyanna on this podcast. We do not tell people to just be positive all the time. It's more of a teaching to um, be in non-reaction and to work toward being in that place of neutrality, but truly expressing yourself and your truth. So one of the very first places to start with this creativity is with our words, and it's not just in writing poetry in a, on a piece of paper or something like that, but it's in actually how we communicate with people and to understand that we can speak our truth and not send out negative ripples at the same time. And uh, this is a very, very great place to, to start with this lesson on creativity. Yeah, I'm glad you actually said express yourself because I was going to bring up that as my next point, was that it seems like that is society's version of allowing people to be creative. Like they don't use the term creativity. They say, oh, go ahead and express yourself. And, and I think my generation has kind of been the generation of self-expression where, you know, you with all of our cell phones, you can buy like a custom case and there's like unlimited cases. Like everything has been geared towards the uniqueness of the individual. Sure. But I think there's a level of, at least from, from the perspective of society, of expressing yourself that is sort of borderline toxic because it does affect other people negatively. And I think you just touched upon that, but I don't know if you have anything else to offer on that. Yeah, I think that's a great point that, you know, when we pay attention to, you know, expressing our creativity, so to say, uh, through our external means, uh, there's an endless supply of that. And marketing uh, geniuses understand this. And so that's why that type of outward uh, creativity of expressing oneself never gets completely fed because the, you know, after having the new cell phone case for six months or a year, a person gets tired of it or sees one that they like better. And that's that never-ending cycle uh, to try to please yourself externally to where if you take some of that expression, so to say, uh, the way people dress or tattoos or piercings or, or the hairstyles, uh, there's no judgment in any of that. But to take the time and ask yourself, can I take some of that energy that I am using on the external, and how can I maybe process some of that on the internal? And so I want to give an example of how I am suggesting to use your words to, um, to be creative. And so say in a certain situation, hypothetically, you know, from time to time, I'd tell people to, uh, to be with the emotion. If you wake up and you feel a certain emotion, then to make friends with that and to accept it for a 24-hour span. And normally that will change in a 24-hour span if you truly allow that emotion to be there. But if you are uh, around the public or engaging with people, many times we get asked, you know, how are you doing? Um, and the manners has taught us to always say good or great or fine. There's many different um, explanations of how to answer that. But typically, uh, the majority of people try to say something on the so-called positive side. But when you say something, when you answer a question through manners, and you are trying to maybe not project some negativity, 
and say you're having one of those, we'll just call it a heavy day. Uh, maybe there's some sadness in your chest or something like that, but you don't necessarily know why. And somebody asks you, um, hey, Alexander, how are you doing today? You know, the pull is to say great or good or fine, but the soul or the spirit, <laughs> um, once you answer that question, it creates an internal conflict. Because if you say, oh, I'm doing great. I hope you are today. You know, that that internal view goes, wait a minute. Uh, we're not feeling like that today. Why are you projecting this? And it can actually interfere with your energetic makeup. But we don't want to say, yeah, today just sucks. You know, that sends out that ripple that we don't really want to, to deal with. And we don't always have the time or know the person well enough to go into any details. And we don't always know the details. So, you know, a fun, easy way that I uh, like to suggest people to start with this is to come up with a creative way to speak your truth while not sending out any negative vibrations. And one way that I have to suggest that is to simply say, oh, I'm feeling kind of aptly in an orange kind of world today. And it normally gets like a little chuckle, a little smile, but they understand what I'm saying, that, hey, I'm just not resonating today uh, with the energies, with the people. See, it doesn't take a lot of detail. And when you make that person smile with your truth, you haven't created any negative ripples, so to say. So this is how, you know, especially with children, with communicating with children, Many people can be creative when they're talking, especially the younger a child is. But the, as the child develops and gets older, we stop being creative. And in creative, I want to, once again, I'm not talking about not speaking the truth. Like we, we're creative with our children to tell them about Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny and different things like this. And we don't really, most people don't think that's a big deal. Uh, I view that a little bit differently. I feel that, you know, if we treat our uh, little ones with respect and uh, with that that understanding that they will get it, they will understand uh, these maybe uh, bigger words that grown people use, that if you use it often enough, they learn it earlier in life. And sometimes we uh, don't respect the children enough to give them that that information. Um, so we will, we will dance in make believe a little bit. And so, so this is like talking about dancing in that creativity, but while speaking your truth. So I want to show people that you, you do do this in certain areas. People are creative in how they talk to people, but normally it's around deception. And so I really want to flip the polarity here and say, just use a similar technique, but speak your truth. Oh, those are all good points, and I am unfortunately guilty of the uh, hey, how are you type of thing because I always feel resistance to not say good because that's what everybody says. And, yes. and I don't, I guess I'm mostly a contrarian in most aspects of life, but then I, I've, <laughs> I usually say how I really am, and you know, if I'm not having a good day, then I'll say that. and not a very creative way. So I do I do know what you're saying with uh, kind of bringing down everybody's vibe, right, <laughs> and I right. don't want to do that. You know, in another way, you know, I just want to throw out a, a few because people that, that know me, they're listening to this podcast, they've heard me use that example uh, many times. But you could even say, you know, something like, um, yeah, I brought a football to a baseball game today. <laughs> you know, just anything to where you're, you're showing that you're just not in alignment 
with the way that, um, you know, somebody is uh, trying to connect or communicate or you're not in alignment with just the general energies that surround. But there still doesn't have to be any negativity. And um, to go through one day uh, practicing this to where you answer everyone's questions truthfully, even a child's, but you come up with a way to get the point across without creating any so-called negative ripples. And it can become um, it can become a game, and it can actually uh, bring some joy into your life, even on a heavy day, uh, because we need to be more playful and childlike. I mean, I've studied so many different spiritual paths and religions, and that is one of the consistencies with all teachers, just about no matter what faith or direction they come from, uh, the general teaching of be more childlike is very consistent through those teachings. And I don't feel that most people truly understand uh, what that is. And part of being a child is letting stuff go quickly. And then the the next one is uh, being creative. So children, you know, let they can, two five-year-olds can get in an argument and be screaming at each other. And five minutes later, they're back uh, completely loving and hugging. They let stuff go. They don't hold on to the so-called negative. And they are excited about the unknown. And as adults, we become fearful of the unknown. And children speak their truth. So see, this started to, to truly um, open up and kind of um, show me these deeper levels of what these teachers was mean, meaning when they simply said, oh, just go be more childlike. Um, there's a lot of great, great uh, information in that group of words and Anybody that has the opportunity to observe, you know, some four to uh, seven-year-olds or so uh, to really watch them stand in that purity of being themselves is is quite beautiful and inspiring. And that's a good example of of your quote that you say, which is, uh, knowledge is in the learning, wisdom is in the emptying. Because the more we learn, the more we're getting away from being childlike and we're we're just being programmed to to think or handle information a certain way yes. when really we just need to roll back the clock. Yes, yes, and you know, and there is so much in that emptying. But many times, you know, of course, that is directed mainly towards um, emotional emptying, but it's mental emptying as well because we can get stuck in ways of seeing things, um, ways of justifying things, and uh, we need to be very very careful with that. So that. That we are in the information age. You can find the answer to just about any question, but you will find that you will find a, a duality of answers. Uh, just about anything that you can find that's good for you, there will be somebody else writing articles about how it's not good for you. So this is why emptying is so important, so that we can discern. Because just getting answers to questions isn't enough, and that's what's creating so much confusion. You have to know what to do with the answer. You have to understand how to process it, how to take what's useful and then discard what's not useful. And all of that is optimally done outside of any judgment. So the judgment comes from things that have been planted in us throughout our whole lives. So that's why the emptying is so important to get rid of that old programming. And that is a big part of this whole uh, podcast and all the information that we give is so that people can find an individual way uh, to get rid of all of these things, this baggage that is holding them back. And the intellectual side will come 
but we need to have space for new information to go. And our culture is very bad about just moving forward and trying to learn, 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 but there's very little processing going on. And another way society tells us to just express ourselves recently is through sexuality. And I wanted to bring this in here because this is a lesson that I've learned over the past six months to a year, which is that creative energy and sexual energy come from the same chakra, the second chakra. Mm -hmm. And being so creative, I can find that in my personal relationships, my romantic relationships, that I have to keep a balance between those two because they're kind of one and the same. And I found myself getting, like when I get really creative and get really into a project, I can shut out everything else in my relationship and just be in that project. And so just being aware of this and practicing keeping that balance, I've been able to, you know, do a 360 Mm -hmm. with with my energy in the relationship. So so I did want to throw that out there and maybe you can talk about how close creativity is with sexuality. Yeah, great, great point. So so we want to look at this threefold. You've got creative energy and sexual energy and worry energy. Um, those three are basically the same energies uh, coming from the same area being exercised three different ways. And so... That balance is important, and sometimes when people get in, this is why when people get in new relationships, uh, their creativity or their their direction at work or uh, many other areas can create that uh, void that we talked about in previous um, episodes. To wherever you put your focus, it creates a void somewhere. And so people can be addicted to uh, sex. They can be addicted to trying to move their careers forward or that creative process. Um, And people can be addicted to worrying. So uh, it's very important that if you catch yourself worrying about anything, to right away, the very first thought is, what have I been doing lately that's creative? Or how has my sex life or my love life been and as far as active uh, goes here lately. And if, if a person hasn't been sexually active, and this does include masturbation, um, or they haven't been creative in any way, they've just been, uh, you know, going to work, coming home, taking care of the kids, blah, 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 because many people will say they don't have time to be creative. And that's a very um, incorrect statement as well. Because once again, you can be creative while doing anything that you're doing. Uh, Just do it a little bit of a different way. So I feel that life is kind of nudging us to not be so mundane, to, you know, nature is different all the time. Uh, If there's any, like, so-called consistency with animals, typically they've been trained by a human, you know, made to be more domestic. So pay attention to your uh, lack of or large amount of creative energy and how that does tie into uh, the sexual act and how it ties in with most people in our culture into the worry. And once you a person gets into worry, see, it dissipates the interest in sex and it dissipates the interest in any type of creative endeavor. So that's why as soon as it's recognized that you're experiencing worry to go do something creative right away. I mean, that like I said, that, that can be just getting up from where you're sitting and going and sitting into in a different chair in your living room. You know, um, people's heard me say many, many times that I know 
so many people have a three or four thousand square foot house, but they sit within the same ten square feet uh, every single night, and they don't experience the other thousands of square feet of their house uh, very much at all. They just create the routines, and uh, families have rooms that are only held for special occasions and that kind of thing. So get up and go sit in that room that you keep closed all the time. Go sit in a different chair. If you change your position, you change your perspective. And that is being creative. And that's something that we all can do at any point in time um, is change our position. And that gets that creative energy flowing right away. I've heard once before that uh, somebody has told me, and I thought it was you, but I, I don't really remember because we've talked about this and you said you're not sure if okay. you said it that, that way. But that um, basically, I'm paraphrasing, that creativity is the expression of the divine through the individual. Okay, I, I would like to touch on that. And the way that I would like to express that is that creativity is um, a union or a dance uh, with that divine energy because in true creativity there's nothing there's no agenda um true creativity has no plans it has no um you know no outcome that's being looked for and you know in tibetan sand art this is exemplified very well to where they spend hours and hours and hours creating these beautiful mandalas and then they just rake them away because the understanding is there's no limit to creativity, so you don't need to hold on to any of it. It'll, it'll keep coming as long as you don't stop that flow, and I think that's beautiful. And that part of that learning and studying that culture is what helped me to work on my perfectionism a whole lot, especially from the, the music side, um, because I would actually kill my creativity by obsessing about a certain part or a certain group of words um, in my song and and just feel that energy like just dissipate. And so now this is what I look for in musicians or art is I'm not looking for a technique anymore. I'm looking for that purity. I'm looking for that playfulness, that childlike energy to where we're not trying to perfect something here. We're just in this dance. Will you come dance with us? And I'm going to write another song or I'm going to do another painting or I'm going to fix another meal, whatever that creativity is, um, because there's not a fear or a feeling of a less um, or that there's not going to be more. And we can get caught in that very easily in our culture. So the way you were describing creativity just now with there being like no agenda in true, uh, pure creativity that all sounds like you're talking about consciousness as well or being neutral, no emotions in creativity. So how close is being creative with being conscious? Mm, great question. Well, first of all, a lot of creativity uh, is ignited through emotion. And, and of course, I'm a fan of emotional processing. And creativity is one of the main places that I suggest people to work with processing those emotions. So I do feel that like um, creativity and consciousness uh, blend at a certain point that then it becomes the creativity isn't a doing, uh, it's more like a being. And, you know, we see many artists out there that they get to a certain level of success and it seems like they lose something that was like a little special. And um, 
most of the time that is because their lifestyle changes and lots of creativity comes from struggle, uh, comes from a lack. And, you know, all of the great poetry and songs that are written out there, uh, you know, are based around emotion. And that's, it's beautiful. But, uh, but to be in a creative space to, that maybe the objective is to be in that creative space to work to process those emotions. But I do feel that one of the key points is to get to, as you're working on that, part of understanding that you are processing them is that you start, they start to dissipate. And then it becomes that maybe you started, you know, some type of creativity uh, out of negativity. But then after you do it long enough, it becomes this place of um, neutrality or maybe you, you will find some gratitude or something to be thankful for while you're doing whatever it is that you're calling creative. So the question of whether, you know, creativity and consciousness um, is similar or merges is a great question. I do think that they can be experienced together and separate uh, simultaneously. Or at different times. Yeah, and and after hearing your explanation of that, I do agree because uh, in the past, whenever I've been really emotional, that's when I've been the most creative mm-hmm. as far as like writing poetry and songs. And it's almost like you're not thinking about the words, you're just expressing your emotion through the words. And so it is almost, I mean, you could you could probably make a case that it is, like consciousness, even though you're in emotions, mm-hmm. but you're like in emotions, you're like sitting with them, you're like conscious with your emotions. So it's not like, you know, you're sitting there thinking about what to write. It's just flowing through yeah, you. Because see, there's no duality at that time. And once again, we want to separate duality from polarity. That duality carries a resistance. Polarity carries an acceptance. And so when you invite your emotions in, And you say, oh, jealousy, there you are. Come on in, my friend, as Rumi says. Oh, anger, there you are. Come on in. See, you're not in duality. You're in polarity. You're accepting that, oh, this is my experience right now, but I'm not accepting that this is uh, truth or consciousness. So come on in and let's, uh, let's dine together, emotions, and let's work all of this out. And see, that language of that poetry, of that music, of the painting, of the gardening, of the cooking, whatever it is, you have uh, doing something physical, mental, and emotional all simultaneously helps with that process of uh, to bring in, to get to the point of bringing the spiritual in, and then you're doing it with the physical as well. So this is the ultimate processing is when you're engaging all five of those levels But what you will recognize is that if you allow it to be a process, you will, as I said earlier, start to come out of that negativity and start to see it a different way. Very similar to when you talk with a friend or a coworker and you realize that you have different maybe opinions or views on something, but the more that you talk to them, you start to kind of open up and see it a different way. And that's the way I want people to approach their emotions as actually something that you can work with rather than fight against. Yeah, and that's that's so true. I almost started cracking up over here. Is that I was thinking about in my childhood, throughout my like my teens, I would actually be sad that my sadness has gone away because I was no longer able yeah, to be that creative. It's a, it's a different kind of creative. And and sometimes, uh, you know, I like to suggest to people that are creative to be careful with that uh, because, 
you can tend to, you know, invite that into your life. If you carry a belief that, oh, I can't be creative if I'm happy. And uh, a lot of artists feel that way. But you can always shift, you know, the type of art that you're presenting. Um, and now, of course, we are getting into like the deeper levels of, of being creative, but we're not going to take away any of these levels that we were talking about earlier, whether it's just in the way that you respond to people or it's in the way that you drive home or it's in the way that you sleep or, or sit at home to watch TV. You know, all of these different levels of creativity are, you know, just as powerful as painting or uh, playing music or writing poetry. And I think that we need to get away from comparing these different levels and just see them as that, as uh, creative. And this is why I love watching young people um, in that creative space because there is no agenda they don't realize they're uniting with consciousness or anything, but what they're doing is they're just being. When people say, live in the present moment, uh, once again, this is what most children do. And that's so beautiful to watch on the playground of kids just being creative. And I remember I'll tell a short uh, story with my sons one time. They, um, my twin sons, uh, they come to me and complained about being uh, bored one time. You know, I remember when I was young and I would go outside and just try to like come up with things to do. And uh, so I would like hit rocks with a stick or I might throw a brick or something like that. And so um, throw rocks, uh, just, you know, come up with anything I could to, to be different and to have an enjoyable experience. And so I just said out loud to my sons, there's no time to be bored. I mean, you could even go outside and take a stick and push a brick around, and that's something to do. <laughs> and uh, they didn't even reply, but literally five minutes later, I'm looking out the window, and my two like uh, seven- or eight-year-old uh, sons are literally out in the driveway pushing a brick <laughs> with a stick. And... Uh, and that we still crack up about that today is one of our greatest memories. But that the point is, is that, you know, children are looking to be inspired by their parents or by grownups. And we don't realize that sometimes things that we say just off the top of our head that we don't give a second thought, it has a major effect on little ones. So be responsible both with your inspiration and with um, things that can tear little uh, little people down. So because we say a lot of things in jest that we don't realize that all children are absorbing their environment. Um, so all of you are out there around, uh, you know, young children uh, know that they are paying attention to a lot more than just your words and just your actions. Um, they are tapped into that subtle energy as well. So what happens to someone's energy if they're not being creative? Well, it starts to get heavy. And that's where, um, you know, the depression or the worry starts to come in. And uh, that's why most people that are very creative, they seem like free-spirited. They seem lighthearted. Um, that doesn't mean that they're always like that. But uh, that that heaviness is would be the first thing to just... Um, sometimes people can't even explain like what's wrong with them. They'll just say, I, I don't know. I just feel, just feel kind of heavy or my chest feels a little tight or, you know, something like that. And, 
that can come from just a, a lack of expression. And so once again, you know, we talk about speak your truth, speak it to the wind, the sky, the trees, to Mother Earth. Uh, and this is another example of being creative. The problem is we many times want to take our words and feel like we have to have another human to hear us, to be recognized. And uh, it's just not necessary uh, from an energetic standpoint. And uh, that helps with uh, communication in general if you just get that um, those words out and off of your chest, but not on someone. So as we wrap up this conversation on creativity, Alexander, can you uh, give, give again some more examples on how someone who doesn't feel that they are creative in the traditional ways can be creative in everyday life? Okay. Yes. Uh, you know, take anything that you are presently doing. Um, some of you may be listening to this podcast at work or at home. You may be in the kitchen. You may even be driving. Of course, we want everyone to be safe and don't do anything drastic. But while you're listening to this, go and do something uh, that you don't normally do. Go sit somewhere that you don't normally sit. Go drive in a direction that you don't normally drive. See, even with, with driving, we get in so many habits, but there's so many different ways to get anywhere. And uh, it we get fed through our senses when we experience different environments. And this is why many people say that, you know, travel is the best learning that anyone can do because you're constantly being put in different environments Therefore, you have to learn to adjust. You adjust your speech. You adjust, uh, you know, many, many different things. And when I went to a trip to Europe um, this past year, and I was in a, a country that was very limited with English speaking, but what I noticed is that, uh, you know, humans really don't need so many words as we think we do to communicate because I was able to communicate with these people in Spain uh, because they wanted to communicate with me and I wanted to communicate with them. See, that's the intention. And then we don't get hung up on the words. And so sometimes talking to someone that your language is limited actually will give you more of a conscious communication than somebody that uh, you talk with all the time that uses the same words that you do because there's so many options. And we get away from feeling, we get away from true intention when we have too many words to choose from. We are literally in our head. But when we are limited with the amount of words that we can use, we come from our heart more. So that is why truly being creative with our words is about truly honing in your intention. So, you know, try to uh, talk with a family member that maybe sometimes pushes your buttons and can get under your skin and just, you know, intend to listen to them from a different perspective, not one that's challenging your perspectives or not one that where you feel like you need to give your opinion, but just listening to them with, um, with kindness, with receptivity, and maybe with a slight smile on your face to where normally you would be debating with that person. So, see, we can change our actions at any time, and it can be on a subtle level, but have a drastic outcome, um, different outcome. So, I think that, uh, you know, anywhere that, whatever you're doing right now, do it slightly different. And wherever you're going, go there in a different way. And whoever you are communicating with, listen more than you ever have. 
and uh, just try a few of these suggestions and see if it doesn't make um, your soul or your spirit sing a little bit because that's what I feel that makes people juice on life is these new experiences, these new opportunities. And we've been so conditioned as a culture to fear the unknown. And uh, this is one of my big platforms to learn to be more childlike to when you recognize that there's an unknown of how a bill is going to get paid or or how you're going to make this trip or whatever it is, is that you approach it with this uh, excitement. And that is that perception that you choose. And you can choose the excitement rather than the worry. And if you're having trouble uh, bringing in excitement over worry, then go be creative somewhere or go uh, spend some time with your wonderful mate and make love and get that energy moving. Well said. So before we get into our final segment, the three minutes of stillness, uh, I wanted to bring up um, or thank our newest patron member, Donna Pittman. Wonderful. And then also uh, discuss ways that, that you, everybody out there listening, can support us. Yes, we appreciate all of your, um, all of your support, whether it's through a monetary means, uh, which you can reach us at our patron account, and, or whether it's uh, sharing or liking, um, spreading the word. Uh, we appreciate everyone and all of your efforts, so um, please continue to support us in a way you feel fit. And our patron can be found at wise-wise.com slash P-A-T-R-E-O-N, where we have exclusive content and behind-the-scenes stuff for you if you are a member. So now, let's head into our three minutes of stillness. Enjoy.
thank you for taking time for you. We appreciate your interest in self-growth, conscious communication, and continuing to ask the wise wise. And remember, gradual changes over long periods of time equals lasting results. The information in this podcast has been developed over 20 years by Alexander in his observation of his personal life, private practice, and professional environments. This information is meant for educational purposes only and is not suggested as a replacement for traditional therapies or medications. As a matter of fact, we suggest to not believe any of this information, nor any of the information out there in the world. Remember, knowledge plus experience equals wisdom. Seek the wise. We are looking forward to continuing to provide this information through this platform, and if you are drawn to support us, you can do so by the following. Sharing is caring. Share the podcast with like-minded individuals. Emotional responsibility and energetic wisdom can save the world. If you are drawn to support us monetarily, you can do so by visiting our patron page where you can make a monthly donation in exchange for exclusive Wise Wise perks. You can do this by visiting wise-wise.com slash patron, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Next, you can head over to Alexander's website where you can book private consultations in person, by phone, or on Skype. Find out more information on his live performances, class schedules, products, including birth chart analysis reports and music, and check out more information on his sound therapy tables. To do so, you can visit vibrotune.com, V-I-B-R-O-T-U-N-E.com. Finally, if you have been searching your entire life for consciously created apparel featuring the WiseWise logo apparel, Alexander themed clothing, or other alternative perspective designs, you can head over to Verity's Apparel, where you can find all that and more. That is veritiesapparel.com, V-E-R-I-T-E-E-S-A-P-P-A-R-E-L.com. We want to thank you for being part of this journey.